Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. <laughs> How are you, old friend? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've got to say, though, you know, like, this is a bit of a weird oh, analogy, God. but you know when you you are like, you're into running and you're running all the time and it becomes like second nature and you love it and it's all good. Yeah. Then you have a break from it and then you come back and you're like, oh, God, this is really hard. This is really hard. I don't like it. I feel the same about parenting. <laughs> I wondered where you were going with this, but you've had a week off, haven't you? I had a week off. Well, Monday to Saturday, five nights. Six six nights, maybe? Six Six nights, nights. yeah, a week off. Um, A week off. And it was really lovely. Like, we didn't do, we sort of had nice dinners out, but not like, you know, didn't go crazy. It was just like all good. And then I picked them up on Saturday and it's suddenly harder yeah (laughs) because I'm like oh god I forgot about this (laughs) and I'm really finding it tough again like the whinging and the constant like mum 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 and I'm like oh my god this is so annoying (laughs) I go back to our original comment which we've been saying for the last six or seven years which is what the fuck is this life? That is honestly, that is no, what I thought. Yeah. Yesterday afternoon, I thought, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> this is not fun. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. I'm like back to couch to 5K oh, of parenting. That's, that's what's going on. George, do you know what? I think people, why people love you so much on Made by Mamas <sighs> is that you are always, it used to be me, but I think it's more you now. Give a really <laughs> honest reflection of how you're feeling around parenting. And that's okay. If you're not enjoying it, yeah, that's fine. But also fine. to have those f- five or six days, just you and James, how yeah, loved it. lovely. It was, how it was amazing. great. Was had a very short at home. Uh, we had a like, few nice dinners out. Like, yeah. yeah, we had like a really nice time. James took me to the storage unit on Friday. That was not... <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine seriously he was like oh he never takes any time off he was like oh I'll take Friday off it'd be so nice I was like oh yeah great like let's do that and then on Thursday night I was like cool what's the plan for tomorrow then he was like oh well I thought we'd clear out the storage unit I was bad what? Games. sorry what we're gonna clear out the st-? so that is what we did eight hours what eight. about taking me to a swanky restaurant and getting me dressed yeah. up in a new frock 
yeah, no. We we did go out for dinner on Friday night, but no. That. By that point, so, you anyway. were furious with him for making you go to a storage yeah. unit. I was, and yeah, I was just not not in the mood. He needed to get in the bin. Um, <laughs> I should have put him in the loft with all the other stuff. You should have left him in the storage <laughs> unit. Yes, I should. Yes. But anyway, how are you? Because I'm setting the bad tone for the beginning no, of do, this podcast. Do you know what? I actually don't have very much good news. Well, I'm going to tell you all the positive stuff first. We had a really, really brilliant ski trip. Went skiing. It was amazing. The kids, Luna is skiing with poles. It's her second time on skis and she's wow. she skipped a group and went up to Flacon and now she's skiing with poles. So next time she goes, she'll be going for her first start. Basically, if you don't know what this means, she's doing, I'm I'm a bit like, yeah, go Luna from the from this, you know, one of those annoying mothers that doesn't shut up about her children. But I'm really proud of them both. They did five hours of skiing every day. It's quite a lot. Kids that is four. intense. That is intense. They smashed mm. it. So that was really great. We had a really fun time with our friends, really nice balance of picking the kids up from ski school, taking them for lunch, hanging out with mates the whole thing bad news sad news is that i had a fucking ski accident on monday at the end of day three and had to come down on the blood wagon which by the way if you've never been on the blood wagon is fucking horrendous because you have to go head first down the mountain on one of those like you know emergency what? wagon things yeah awful because i couldn't my head knee first yeah what? they put you head first oh and God. they ski down with skiing. you well I'm I'm thinking about it again now. My knee got was just ended up in a different direction to my body, and it went, and it's oh. my bad knee. Anyway, oh, no. long story short, I went to hospital the morning after. It's not broken, but the doctor was like a ninety percent certain it's my cruciate ligament. A week on, I now think that it's actually my meniscus because I've done it before and I've got much more movement back in it. Although I've got a funky little leg brace on, so I'm limping nice. around like the limp a lot. It didn't go well, oh, in short. But, we but are, this is a positive podcast today. I'll tell you what the positives were, is that I yeah. managed to sit in the town all week and just get drunk by myself whilst Love reading it. a book. I had the best time. Yeah. So actually, takeaway from this yes. is fake an injury when you go skiing. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone's going skiing with their kids, fake an injury and then you'll just yeah. be able to sit and drink rosé and read your book. Precisely. There we Thank go. Thank you. There you go. But Georgia is right because this is a positive podcast today. If you're coming off the back of half term the last couple of weeks and you need a little bit of an of a lift up, a little bit of kind of just really lovely, refreshingly upbeat conversation. This is the podcast for you today, George, isn't it? It is. It really is. And it is nice to have an upbeat and, uh, you know, have a positive podcast. We talk about things that we find hard a lot on here, which is obviously great. But we also love to hear when people are having a really great time parenting and when things, you know, not everything goes to plan, but things seem to be running smoothly. So yes. yeah, it was a good one. It was a really good one. And by the way, she does also talk about some pretty tough things that happened on her parenting journey, i.e. Yeah. Her, her labour, which really didn't go to plan at all. And also just that feeling of like grief that she felt mm. after leaving her old life behind. So I'm, I'm really grateful um, to this amazing guest for being so honest. As we always ask, that's all we want on the podcast. And I think, uh, yeah, she, she did herself proud today. So George, who are we chatting to? We are chatting to Kate Spears. 
chatting to a Spears today, but not Brittany, a better one, <laughs> I have to say. Very, very excited to get this gorgeous lady on the podcast. Uh, blogger, flower lover in her um, Instagram bio. I like that already. I can't wait to ask about that. Uh, and Mama to Dahlia. Please welcome Kate Spears to the podcast. Yay! <laughs> Hi. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'm so excited to, to do this podcast. It's funny when you become a mum, I feel like you can talk so much about it, become so educated in the topic. Um, and so it's just one of those things I could just talk about it all day. And I'm glad Brilliant. I get to. That's what we want. <laughs> That's <laughs> ideal for a podcast. Kate, Kate, for anybody listening who doesn't know you, uh, tell us a little bit about how you came to have your Instagram and your YouTube. So yeah, I'm probably, I've been blogging for, oh, since the beginning. Honestly, I've just been doing it forever. I think I'm one of the, the OGs we call ourselves. Um, so yes, I've been blogging probably since about 2000, since I was about 19 and I'm 32 now. So a long wow. time. <laughs> yeah, really, really covered it all. So it's nice because I think my sort of readers have started off, you know, when I was at uni and now I'm a mum uh, all these years later. So it's a nice journey, I think. Yeah. So did you start off original blogging? As in like, it was just, you know, when 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 the blog started, you were there kind of yes. tapping away uh-huh. on your laptop because you loved writing. Yeah. So it became, you know, sort of loved writing, loved photography. It was very simple back then. And then a few years later, Instagram came, came about and then everyone sort of moved to Instagram um, and you know started sharing our lives on there and um, I also did YouTube I don't do YouTube anymore I feel like I'm more about photos and things I love Instagram but mm. um, so I sort of stick to Instagram dabble in a bit of TikTok these days love TikTok oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um, mainly, but mainly Instagram and I do mm. still have my blog but now I've got Dahlia I'm a little bit short on time <laughs> oh my god yeah it's yeah exactly now, there is no time <laughs> no and you, I mean you say you've been blogging for you know years and years and I guess your life has probably changed quite a lot over the last you know, year or so. We've sort of read about you say how much you loved your life before and that people maybe thought you didn't want to have kids. So just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think I always say me and my husband when we were in our 20s, we were quite selfish. We were always traveling, we we're going out for dinner, going to gigs. We just loved like being busy and um, sort of traveling and that sort of thing. And I think we were very much like, we don't want kids or we were maybe on the fence about it or and then kind of we were swayed we're like we'll just have one maybe if we do we'll have one um but now and then I think like with the last couple of years you know we sort of re- reassessed uh, where we're at and um you know we weren't doing the same things as we were weren't traveling as much and there was kind of almost like maybe a gap in our lives or we were definitely like sort of got to into our 30s and we were like maybe maybe um so yeah and then we were kind of like more open to the idea and I think when we had Dahlia um I kind of got pregnant quicker than I thought I would um I was uh, diagnosed with PCOS at the end of in October and yeah. they said to me um you know that you don't need to worry about it too much but if you don't get pregnant within six months of trying come back to us and I had like alarm bells ringing I was like oh my god maybe I should do something about this so we were like well we'll casually see where we're at with it and I got pregnant quite quickly which is obviously ideal like that's what you want I'm very blessed but at the same time we were like oh hang on because it was just coming out of COVID and we had like so much planned for this year so we were expecting you know we had gigs booked we had travel booked and then suddenly here I am baby bump um so it was a shock at first actually and I feel like that's a difficult one to say because obviously a baby is a blessing and you want to be so excited about it 
Um, and we were, but we were also a bit like yeah. chill shocked from it. Kate, did you share that online? Were you sh- were you sharing your fears around falling pregnant quickly and what that meant for your life? I did. I think I hinted at it, but I feel like it's a very difficult one to talk about, especially getting pregnant quicker, quickly, or like quicker than you expected. That can be kind of a bit. I don't know. I feel like. It, it, it is a difficult one to talk about because not everyone mm. obviously mm. has that has that um, journey. Yeah. So I know I was very lucky, but at the same time, it was a shock for us, um, but a good shock. And I'm glad it happened the way it did, but it definitely took some getting used to. And I think while I was pregnant, I was kind of, I really just wanted to keep on with my life as much as possible, um, but have like a space for a baby. And so while I was pregnant, I was kind of thinking, you know, can I still be myself? And um you know, how is uh, a baby going to slot into my life? And one of the things that I'm like, very, very glad of is that I do feel like myself. Um, and I quite quickly, I was, you know, back in uh, while I was pregnant, actually, I was sort of like planning mood boards of what I would wear after I had a baby to fit with like breastfeeding and things like that. And um, those sort of um things kept me going I suppose oh a mood yeah, board I know I was well gonna organized. say it is it is interesting <laughs> well you know when you when you you know find out you're pregnant people sort of tell you all this stuff don't they of like you know oh don't worry you're not gonna care about what you wear once you've had the baby and you know you'll you'll wake up and you'll be totally selfless and you won't care about yourself anymore and actually there is something in the fact that you almost feel really guilty for caring like like, and even when you're pregnant you know like I would still want to be doing things for me and yeah I'd be really cross that I couldn't have five drinks you know or or, and I think it's really annoying but you feel like you can't say it because it's a blessing and it should be a wonderful time and all of Uh that kind of stuff did you find that did you find you know people would I guess tell you know tell you what was going to happen this is going you're not going to care about all that stuff and your life's going to be so different yeah yeah and you do hear that constantly don't you and you feel like you constantly hear how your life is going to change and it's never really for the better it's always kind of negative stuff so I think I was a bit like whoa (laughs) um but in the end you know she was born and I did feel like myself I I think because I was the first of my group to have a baby, of my friend group to have a baby as well. So I still had that connection to the sort of like non-mum world. Um, But then I also met mum friends. So that was lovely too. So I could see these friends that I could talk about my baby with constantly, like nonstop. And that was just lovely. And I think having that support group from other mums is just, is is really what you need. Um, And I didn't actually expect to love that as much as I do. Um, but also having my group of friends that aren't mums just sort of like keeps me sort of tethered to that non-mum world where I can talk about going to gigs and like or you know what my friends have been up to and their sort of non-mum lives so I think having that balance has been really important to me but also you can go to gigs as a mum yeah and yeah, you, totally. you know and you can really you can really fucking <laughs> uh-huh. enjoy them and you can do all of those things but I think I think like you said Kate I think there's an expectation of what you should and shouldn't feel once the baby arrives and I think it's 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 this is such a lovely space to be able to say, do you know what? I was actually grieving. I was grieving my old life. Mm. And I know that George, you know, we, we, we've talked about this endlessly together, that you, you you feel you can't say that because you're supposed to be completely overwhelmed with love and joy and it's a blessing and it's the best thing in the whole entire world. Yeah, it is. But it also means that you can't, you don't have the spontaneity of doing the things that you did before. You're not necessarily spending time with the same groups of people all the time. You know, you're having to say goodbye to certain aspects of your life. And that can actually make you feel quite sad. That can yeah, make you feel really sure. low. Yeah. yeah. And and it's the not knowing as well. And, and 
you're kind of in the back of your mind, you're like, will I feel like a different person? I wasn't really ready to say goodbye to the old me. Is is the new version of me going to be what I want to be? And mm. sort of finding that sort of balance as well. And I think a lot of that comes from sharing my life online because I knew I didn't want to be a mummy blogger I think there's there's so many mums that do that perfectly but it's not what I wanted to share um and I knew that I wanted to find this sort of balance and it might take a wee while to sort of find that um sort of the content what I wanted to share where I was me build me um but also with my baby who I adore um and who's mm-hmm. my whole world and you know I could talk about her and I could share her and I actually like I've you know, I have a, another account where I share pictures for family and stuff, and I'm constantly posting pictures of her there. But it's hard because once you post something that is quite private, it's out there. You can't get that back. So the sort of oversharing um, is, is really tricky, and that's quite a hard one to navigate, I think. Do you guys find that as well? Sort of like once the photos are out there, you're like, oh, no, should I have shared that? And you sort of overanalyze it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. George, do you remember when um, we were talking about potty training? Yes. And there was a particular photograph that George shared about of Axel sitting, yeah. you know, on the potty. And George's dad got in touch there and said, yeah. you need to take that down immediately. Like that's and it, and it suddenly we both were like, shit, are we sharing too much? Should yeah. we even be putting the kids online? Mm-hmm. But our whole, you know, part, a big chunk of our life is talking about our children and the journey you know make it making it relatable so that we all know that everyone's going through the same things but then you want to protect them so we definitely 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 talk about it a lot yeah I mean I think we I think how our axle must have been about two at that time and pre you know pre that age you kind of think you know they're changing so much week to week no one would ever recognize them that photo you know it's kind of a baby to baby like it is not really a thing but I think as they're getting older I'm definitely more aware of the things that I you know that I would share for sure because I mean Axel's nearly seven he'll be seven in August and I you know, he's got, he's got, I know, I know he's, you know, he's got his own life and he's got his own person, you know, his own personality and mm-hmm. his own, I mean, sometimes he'll say to me, oh, can you take a picture of me? I will, you know, yeah. I'm doing this or whatever. And that's fine, you know, and he watches YouTube and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So he sort of understands that world. But I do think, yeah, as they get older, there is, it's, it's so hard, isn't it? Yeah. I, I don't know what the right thing to yeah. do. You want to protect them. I took a photograph of Luna and her teeth this morning. I said, oh, she just lost two teeth at the bottom. And I said, oh. I'll show you that. And she went like that. And she went, who's that photograph for, mummy? And my gut was to the, like, lie to her to go, oh, I was, I was sending it to my mum, Shushu. I was like, oh, yeah, it's for Shushu. And then I went, actually, do you know what? I'm posting it on Instagram. Is it okay that I do that? And she said, yeah, no, that's absolutely fine. But it mm. was it was a weird moment where suddenly I thought, actually, it's not my life. I'm, You know, as, as Georgia said, when they're babies, you know, you can yeah. really be in charge of that. As they get older, they have to be in charge of that, right? Mm-hmm. H- have you thought about it in, in long terms like that? Yeah, well, I think I'm constantly reassessing it because I think once you start sh- sharing, it's hard to know what, you you know, you keep going. Um, so it's, you have to sort of like take stock every now and again, be like, wait, hang on, that's more than I said I would share at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of do that quite a lot. Um, and like what you guys were saying as well, as they get older, you kind of want to be like, oh, you're not the newborn that looks identical to every other baby at this point. Yeah. You know, you're starting to have your own personality. Um, so for me, I kind of like outlined uh, things to myself that I said I wouldn't do um so I kind of check back on that every now and again so That's I tend to like not I, like I don't mind the photo if I'm in it I'm holding her and you know she's wearing a nice outfit uh, I like sharing things like that but I wouldn't necessarily share sort of milestones and 
maybe videos. I feel like that's a little bit, that's more than I would want to share. So it's just things like that, just remembering that that's not what, that's not what, what I want to have. And like having my own boundaries like that, I suppose. And yeah. so that's been really helpful for me because otherwise you just forget. And then you're like, here's my whole life. And you're just sharing. As I said, like once it's out there, you can't get it back. Yeah. Do, do, do you ever receive any, um, any kind of negative comments online, Kate? And how do you deal with them if they come in? So, yeah, I think, I think, um, that is definitely something that sort of that comes into it um, and it can be hard because I think we're all just trying to do our best when you're a mum aren't you you're just trying to and you know there's it is it is tricky because you just want to to do it right and it, it's tough when people sort of weigh in on on how you are as a parent um and it's something that's just so close to your heart you just want to do the best for your baby don't you um so yeah I think I try to avoid like getting sort of feedback on and being a mom as much as possible. So that's where that comes into the sort of not sharing videos and just sharing sort of like simple, nice sort of snaps where I'm in them rather than making yeah. a page about my baby. Um, but you know, it is tricky. It is tricky. We'll be right back after this short break. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss welcome back to this episode of made by mamas now where were we we actually haven't asked about your birth story um or how you found your pregnancy <laughs> and i would love to find out is that something that you know that you're happy to you know to talk about your birth story and what what how did you see your birth and how did it actually unfold so it's funny because i've never heard anyone else say this but i totally when I was pregnant <laughs> I skipped over the labor part completely I was so nervous to have a newborn I just couldn't think about anything else I thought the newborn stage was gonna completely consume me Um, I thought it was just gonna be sheer chaos and you know it is it's just hazy days full of you know looking after a new baby but yeah. it, the newborn stage actually wasn't as chaotic as I thought I mean it wasn't easy but it wasn't as chaotic as I thought but the labor for some reason in my head I was like you know focused hyper fixated on the newborn stage so yeah I just thought the labor that'll be a breeze you know I get bad periods I get heavy periods how's that gonna be any different oh I was in for a shock you guys (laughs) (laughs) I was in for a shock um so I is so my labor story is really weird because I woke up 
on my due date and I was so ill like I'm talking projectile vomiting which I've never done before in my life and I was like my husband something's not right something is not right and I I hadn't really had any like contractions or anything like that but I could just tell that something wasn't right so all day really wasn't well and then I went into the hospital and I'd said to them like oh I'm you know this is my due date um but um, I think like something's happening because I just have been really unwell and I'm never unwell like that. And they kind of didn't really take me seriously, but I could feel something. Ha- I like it, you know, when you're in labor, I guess, I suppose everyone's experience is different, but you just know that it's something's happening. Um, and I was like, I think this is me, you know, the start of things happening. And they just thought that I'd eaten something bad. And I was like, I haven't eaten anything bad. This is the start of labor. Anyway, they were get they got me hooked up to a drip, and they um, after a little while, they you know they sort of like hooked me up and things, and they were monitoring me. And after a little while, the doctor came back and he was like, oh, "Congratulations, you're having a baby." And I was like, "Yeah, I know," because I knew I just knew something like labor was happening. I just knew this was like the start of something. Oh, well, sorry, hold on, hold on. So he meant congratulations, you're in labor. Because, I yeah. mean, it's pretty fucking obvious that you're having a baby. You're <laughs> right? due date and you're like, nine months it. I mean, what? <laughs> I was literally, my bump was like, I mean, I was completely pregnant. I, it was my due date. I told them this. But I think they just thought I'd eaten something bad. But I didn't know how to tell them. Like, obviously, I'd never had contractions before. And they weren't, like, full-on contractions at that point. And I was, like, at the start. Like, things were moving. And they were monitoring me. And I could see when I could have. And they'd mention, like, oh, you're having, like, small contractions. Or, you know, there's movement on the week that sort of monitor but I think they just thought like it would be days or weeks from there so when they they just a few of them kept there was a doctor that came in and he seemed a bit sheepish about it he was like yep baby's coming sort of thing so they mentioned about going and um pop like breaking my waters and sort of to be induced um but they were waiting for a bed and then it ended up just I'd stayed overnight because I needed um to be on the drip and then the next day around midday, my, I just sent my husband home to go get um, some more bits for me. And I texted him and I said, like, my waters had just broke. <laughs> so he had to come all the way back. So I ended up, didn't need, I didn't need to be induced. I was already there. Um, and yeah, I don't think I was prepared for how sore contractions were. Up until that point, how I was painful. like, yeah, oh my yeah. God. Oh my God. There's just, there's just. I don't know. People tell you that they're sore, but I just didn't. I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> so when I, uh, I think like I'd always been a bit like I don't really want an epidural because I, I just didn't. I just didn't think like I thought I could do it without it. And my husband was like, "Remember, we talked about it. Even if you ask for an epidural, you don't actually want one." And I was like, <laughs> "No, I need one." <laughs> Change my mind now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I was like, "We should have had safeguard because I really mean it." Um, but no. So in the end, I uh, didn't actually have an epidural, but I did. I was. It was quite a not a long labor. It's just she, she just wasn't coming out, so I had to have a, an emergency cesarean in the end, which I was just not prepared for. As I said, didn't yeah. really plan for labor, and it was. I mean, it was tough. I cried the whole way through, the whole oh, way through, okay. um, and like I was just sobbing. And they kept saying to me, um, they, <laughs> they kept saying, um, you know, you're so close to meeting your baby, you're so close to meeting your baby. But at that point, that didn't mean anything to me. I was just in so much. I was just kind of like took myself to another place in my head. So I was a bit like, you know, that's that's not getting me through in a weird way. What made you feel like so upset? Was it the fact that you were having surgery or what, or was it just, it just wasn't something that you thought would ever happen? Yeah, I think a bit of everything. I think I would say I had three labors because I got fully dilated 
and contractions were tough. Um, so I got fully dilated. And then I had like some assisted um, labor. So they, they tried to get her out. And then that didn't work. And they mentioned an episiotomy. And I was... So I, that, mm-hmm. Yeah. So at that point, I was yeah. thinking... Um, I was thinking I'd been, you know, I had two surgeries, but in the end, they they didn't need to do that. They only needed to get, they only needed to do the cesarean. So yeah, it was, I think at that point I thought I had really gone through it. I thought I had stitches in two places, um, but Mm. in the end it was totally fine. People say like, oh, you know, you'll, you kind of, you'll get over it. Like once the baby's there, you, you do sort of get over it. And for the first couple of days, I was like, really traumatized but then Mm. after a little while it's true like it does somehow you know you're busy with the baby and it does just kind of you sort of live with it and I would say it it doesn't bother me at all anymore although Mm. when they came up to me the next day and said your next labor will just be a planned cesarean I was like breathed a very big sigh of relief (laughs) oh because in as in you know you 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 had to have the emergency c-section so the next time if you have a baby another baby you will have to have a planned c-section how did that make you how did that make you feel well I was always like we're only having one baby but now I'm like well if it's gonna be that easy I'll have another (laughs) um but no I was very relieved I was very relieved were you and you mentioned about the trauma after you know the days afterwards um both Georgia and I have discussed our kind of well Georgia didn't I think Georgia didn't have any post birth trauma did you no. George had some really good experiences I, I didn't how, how, how did you handle those days afterwards and who, who were you chatting to about it well I felt like this almost I guess a little bit of embarrassment I think because I'd done hypnobirthing I went in there thinking labor would be a breeze I don't know why I thought that but I, I just I didn't I thought it's you know maximum like sort of one day and then you get this baby that you have to take home and look after so I was really fixated on the newborn ba- on the newborn days um so yeah when afterwards I felt a little bit silly that I'd gone to these these hypnobirthing classes and I also asked to be to give birth in a birthing center um like a midwife uh led center and um so and I didn't make it there so I felt this kind of weird foolish way where I was like what was I thinking of course it wasn't going to be easy um and I kind of felt a bit sad for myself like that I'd hope that it would be nice and you know my husband bought candles we had a playlist and it didn't work out like that and I just wanted it to be like this special experience and it just wasn't oh god I know that feeling (sighs) you just put the words out of my mouth do you think that you you said you were you know the first one out of your like sort of best friend group to have a baby do you do you share what happened with your friends who haven't got kids or is it something that you know you don't you don't want to share with them or yeah what what's your what's your stance on that um I do kind of I joke about it because I'm like you guys (laughs) it was tough (laughs) but no I don't really I don't really like to because I think every like as I said Georgia you had a nice experience and so many people do and I think I found it really tough when the baby blues came in around like four day four or five postpartum you know when everything just hits you hormones I found that really hard and I know my husband did as well and we were like let's chat about this when we're feeling like a bit better because obviously it's, it's tough for my husband as well George was saying um, you know, he was just rushed into theater. <laughs> they were like three some scrubs at him. So, and for him, it's watching two people he, he loves on, you know, on an operating table. But for me, I was kind of, I don't know, I almost checked out. Um, so I think he had a really h- tough time with it as well. But then you kind of just get busy with the baby and there's, I don't know what it is, but you kind of do just sort of like get over it. And 
you, yeah, we talked, my husband and I, we did talk about it a wee bit. And then life just got busy and we were just like, well, that happens. And she's alive, she's healthy, and that's fine. You know, it is mm. it is a funny way. I almost feel like that's some sort of like maternal thing that's ingrained in you to sort of be like pr- process it in that way, but understand that, you know, at the end result is that you have a happy, healthy baby. Happy, healthy baby. Yeah, exactly. But you, I think, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's really refreshing to hear you talk about it the way that you have, because, um, you know, they're not going, you say you didn't really have a birth plan, but in the midwife led unit with the playlist, mm-hmm. I don't even know what songs were on that playlist, but I'm thinking Luther Vandross, um, there's, you know, there might be some Whitney on there and it just didn't uh-huh. go that, it just didn't go that yeah, way. Right. And then yeah. suddenly you're thrown into, you know, a pretty full on scary situation that also needs to be processed. Mm-hmm. Needs, yeah. It does need to be processed. I think I afterwards I sort of you know during the night feeds where you're up and you've got a lot of time to think I sort of reframed it in in a way where I was like I I sort of you know thought about it and I was like I am grateful that it happened the way it did you know I had a lot of support from my husband's midwives were great I actually cried so much when I left the hospital because I loved my midwives and I was in the hospital for the next couple of days and they really helped me like you know just this first little while and I feel like I had a really, really good time with with breastfeeding, um, and I'm still breastfeeding now. My baby's almost six months, um, and I have no, um, no, I'm not going to give up anytime soon, um, hopefully. And I think I really credit the midwives for helping with that because I was anytime um, I needed help, they were there, and I probably wouldn't have had that if I hadn't stayed in for that extra couple of days. I felt yeah. really, really supported, and I don't have my mom. My mom passed a couple of weeks, a couple of years ago, and. So did Jordan's mom. So I don't even have a mother-in-law. And I feel like when I was pregnant, I really worried about how I would deal in those first couple of days without a, like a mother motherly support system. Um, yeah. But I had the midwives and they were amazing. Uh, I cried so much when I left and I just felt like, oh, I just, they were really, really great. They are incredible humans, aren't they? Oh my gosh. Oh, they were great. You mentioned, you know, about not having your mum around. Is that something that's been quite difficult um, throughout pregnancy and then obviously bringing new life into the world? Yeah, I found it really tough. I kind of thought that I would find it tough because obviously you want your mum there. And I know so many people that have given birth and their mum have their mums have basically moved in with them. And I just, you know, I didn't have that. Um, and I, so I did find it, I found it tough in my pregnancy because I just wanted to ask my mum, like, there's just so many th- sort of like yeah. genetic things you just want to know. And my dad would not remember anything like that. <laughs> I mean, I tried. I was like, what was mom like when she was pregnant? My mom had four kids, so I'm guessing they were relatively easy um, or, you know, not easy, but like, you know, enough to have four kids. Uh, and there was just so many things I wanted to ask. So I miss it during that. But now I miss it more sort of in this weird way of I just want some validation. And I feel like I, you can only get that from your mom because your mom raised you. So you know that how how well your mom did. So to hear validation from your own mum would be just so special. So I feel like I lack that a little bit. And sometimes I feel like I'm almost looking for that from other people. Like, am I a good mum? Like, you've seen other mums. Am I a good mum? <laughs> Even though I know I'm a good mum. It's a, it's a very, it's a funny one, I think. No, yeah, I but think, it's so valid. Yeah. yeah, so valid. I, I'm sure lots of people listening to this podcast that, you know, haven't got one parent around or both, you know, that, yeah. that, 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 that real kind of deep understanding that only a parent can give you to go like, yeah, yes. do you know what? You're actually doing a really fucking amazing job here. Yeah, For that's sure. really, really hard. But mm-hmm. also then you look at the long term, I lost my dad and it genuinely breaks my heart that he never met Dozer, my husband, it's and that so he'll tough. never get to be a granddad. He would have been the most amazing grandfather. He would have mm-hmm. loved that whole process. And every day I look at them, I'm, it, you know, I, f- I feel a sadness. You know, it, it, it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. It's really hard. Yeah. 
It is hard. And I just feel like there was, I think, you know, I think about my teen years and I was quite like a, a rowdy teen, I suppose. I was a little bit um, typical, I suppose, typical teen girl. And then um, my mum lived back in New Zealand, so I didn't see her as much as I could. And I feel like, you know, there's that graph you see online sometimes and it's like your relationship with your mum and sort of like close at the start of your life. And then that kind of goes apart during your teen years and it comes back in your sort of 20s and 30s. And that's, that's what I'm missing. And I feel sad about that because I feel like this was our time to really connect. And I just imagine, I sometimes have these like daydreams of what it'd be like if my mom was around to see my baby. Um, mm-hmm. So that can be quite tough. But I think I do have a great support system and my husband is amazing. And I always say to um, to sort of new moms, um, my like my advice would just be to big up your partner because I had those few days in the hospital um, after after my baby was born and George wasn't, he was there, but he didn't stay. He kind of had to go back to the flat and look after things. And so I had a couple of days ahead of him of like learning how to change nappies and like feeding and stuff like that. And so when we got home, I made sure to be like, oh my God, you're a natural, you you know, you're so good at this. Because I think if you don't do that, then down the line, they feel a bit, they, they feel a bit neglected or they're like, you may as well do it. And you never really get a break because you become the sole parent. And so I've always said to my husband, look at you and actually, you know, and he is, he's amazing dads. Like, and I'd say apart from, because I breastfeed, apart from that, I'd say everything else is 50, 50. Um, If anything, he probably does a few more nappies than I do. (laughs) Um, And that's just from me being at the start, like really putting him in and being like, Oh, look at you. You know, you, she's just, she adores you. You can tell from the, from day one, like she just wants to, she just loves her dad. So, and it's just that like taking that and just, you know, like sort of really, really, um, just patting them on the back a wee bit you know oh she's <laughs> speaking our language George. she's speaking our language absolutely love that love and that. you know what it's I think you're so right because we you know we, we interview lots of people and so often the topic that comes up is like resentment you know when you're two three years down the line and you don't realize as a as a woman how much you've taken on and then mm-hmm. you think well, why is my other half not doing this and it's because you didn't start you didn't like you know yeah you, you got on the yeah, yeah exactly yeah especially you know you're breastfeeding what you know and it's a great example of how you can get your other half involved if you are breastfeeding by you know yeah. showing them all the things that they can do and you know uh-huh. telling them that they're good at it I, I really love that I think that's great yeah, okay. yeah it sounds like you've got that side of it nailed I respect that so much because let's be honest if you take away somebody's confidence or you're not filling them up with confidence mm-hmm. they're not going to want to they're not going to want to be part of it because they're going to yeah. feel like they're failing constantly it's the same like mm-hmm. you know as a mother if you if you don't feel like you're doing a good job you know it can quite quickly start yeah. deteriorating for you yeah, oh I'm you no do. good you at this spiral, I don't, don't of you? course mm-hmm. you do well, yeah, I don't want to do that I don't want to yeah. do that because I'm not yeah. any better there I also yep. think it's amazing earlier how you said that you know the birth was difficult for him and the first few you yeah. know the first few, that day four and five was really hard on him as well and I think that's something that we don't always think about so much no. yes physically a woman obviously goes through so much during labor mm-hmm. however that turns out but actually when you're watching somebody you love going through it you can you know they can feel quite helpless and I love that you've spoken about that together and and sort of processed it um because not you know not everybody does that and and, yeah and like you say when you know when you've got a baby around it can be very easy not to not to do those things because yeah for sure for sure how's your relationship now would you say a lot better I think yeah yeah she's gone in with that one I I know yeah um I would say it is fair I said to my husband the other day I was like gosh we don't fight 
nearly as much. We went Becker's nearly as much as you used to. And he's like, yeah, we don't have any time. That's why. <laughs> You're like, right. You died. I'm just going to have to skip over this because we don't have time to argue. Um, yeah, it's funny because my, my husband and I are like day and night. I think he's got all sisters and I've got all brothers. So I feel like I naturally take on the sort of like, almost like the typical I'm hesitant to say like the sort of masculine sign but definitely like the sort of the leader and my husband's like I'm very impatient whereas he is more like he's cancer sign and he's very like sensitive he's very like patient and I think it's so funny to see us because we're just sort of almost opposites but he we kind of like bring out the best in each other because he needs someone to like hurry him up I'm like right get out the door I can get myself ready. I can get the baby ready. And he's still, the other day, he was, um, I got fully dressed, even done my hair, curl my hair, everything, makeup, got Dahlia in a nice outfit. We were standing by the door. I looked in to see what my husband was doing. He was flossing his teeth. I was like, let's go, we're running late. <laughs> so um, I feel like that tells you all you need to know about my husband. Um, and so, yeah, he, he, um, he, yeah, we are just we do compliment each other, and he's just such a because he's just so he's just so he's so kind and he's so caring and he just he thinks uh, Dahlia is our world. So uh, yeah, he's he's a great dad. Amazing! It's lovely to hear. And now I can hear Dahlia in the background. There was a little there was a little uh, little, uh, little little noise there. And um, so before we say goodbye to you, um, we like to ask our guests um, about their favorite products. So anything for baby that you're using, anything for you, your kind of diehard things that you use every single day. Ooh, every single day so we always I always wear a sling I'm such a carrier mum um barely take out the pram I just think a, a carrier is so convenient so she's yeah. always always in her carrier she sleeps in there most of the time I, I wear like a soft one at home and then out for out and about I've got a, an afterpop one which is great um always recommend a sling to everyone I think especially yeah. in the newborn days they just I read the other day that we're carry we're carry mammals so we yeah. we carry our offspring and I think that's so nice to have your baby on you all the time I think when they're little yeah. um, it's just such a nice thing to do um I always this isn't really a baby um recommendation but it's a sort of like a newborn recommendation any sort of food delivery thing like freezer meals like fancy freezer yes. meals or just like anything you can stock your freezer with and this is my always my tip for like if you're looking for a gift for a new parent as well there's a company called Potage we yeah. stocked up on those and they were so good because I think you just need fuel in those early days don't yeah. you um love those um the other thing we got that I really, really liked was, um, well, really, really relied on, I guess, is um, the Snoozer Hero MD. It's a sort of device um, that tracks your breathing at night. Obviously, oh, if you, don't know about yeah, that. you you put the, you sort of um, put it on their nappy and it detects their breathing. So, and I think if you're already, it's just another step. Obviously, you already want to be doing um, the safe sleep guidelines. But, um, you know, when they're, when they're new, you don't ever, I feel like I never got into a deep state of sleep. I just, not for months. Yeah, not for months. And, um, and, you know, I think putting this on a nappy just, and it's sort of just, there's fancy, there's obviously fancier devices you can get, but I think this just helped us so much um, to just sort of get a better sleep because you know that, it, I think what it does is um, if it doesn't register movement from her stomach, then it um, has like a little vibrate to sort of rouse right. her breathing. And then if that doesn't work, then it has an alarm. When oh, I, wow. 
Yeah, it's, it's really, really handy. And I think things like that, like they're not essential, but for us, it really helps yeah. me to sort of relax a wee bit and actually get a proper sleep because before that, I was like literally sleeping with one eye open. <laughs> oh, I God. love that. Checking them every five seconds. <laughs> I know. And then waking them up as well. I'd be like, right, you're too, you're too sound asleep. And then you'd, you'd wake them up to check. You're like, oh my God, got to put you back to sleep now. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like you're going to have a good answer for this. If you could give a piece of advice to a new mum, what would it be? Ooh, so piece of advice. I think just remember that everything is a phase. I sort of, there's even now my baby's almost six months and I feel like we've been through so many phases. And I just thought, you know, we were lucky because from about two months, she started sleeping through the night just by, oh, by herself. And then it. we hit four months, stopped sleeping through the night. So now we're oh, up again chill. and it's just things like that. Even the good parts are a phase, but the bad parts are a phase as well. So if you're going through it, just keep, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, and then, you know, you'll come out the other side. I think that is one thing we always try and remember when we're like, what is going on? Something, there's a regression or yeah. there's cheating or there's something. <laughs> yeah, totally. What's happened? You're like, what's this now? Um, so yeah, I always say that um, just hang on in there. Hey, love, love that. that what a thank brilliant you. piece of advice thank you so much for coming on the podcast and um and giving us love your time it. this morning it's been so yeah. lovely chatting love to you kate thanks come so back and see us soon yeah. absolutely thanks girls oh lovely lovely kate spears what a, what an amazing person what a thoroughly yeah. lovely honest refreshing upbeat human i really really love that chat yeah and also just the way she kind of has turned every negative into a positive which yeah. is a, actually such a great way to live your life you know like she said obviously quite a traumatic birth she thought about it during her night feeds she has tried to sort of reframe the way she thinks about it and thinks you know what I've got a healthy happy baby not always an easy thing to do that like to to change your change the narrative in your head and it's not you know you can't always do that by yourself so if you're listening and you you have been through some trauma then don't you know assume that you'll be able to do it by yourself as well because not everybody can absolutely Mm. not but I do think it's it's a really nice way and she seems to kind of that's the way she lives her life um I also do you know what when she's sort of talking about her mum not being around I think that is something that so many people can relate to. I mean, I'm I talk about my relationship with my mum on here a lot, don't I? And I, I'm God, I don't know where I would be if she hadn't have been around. Um, like in you know, during my parenting journey, I really don't. So mm. when I think about somebody who hasn't got that or that person you know that you feel like you can ask anything to or the person who tells you you're great I I just think uh, for me lesson to take away from that is that if you've got mates who have just had a baby do do praise them like actually do because you do need it like you really need it in those especially in the early days would you say that well yeah I mean a hundred percent I mean my mum actually you know getting on a plane and coming over from Kenya and being there with me for the first two weeks I didn't think firstly she'd want to do that and secondly um I didn't think that I would need her as much as I did so yeah I'm really grateful for that time I also love the way that Kate spoke about um you know building confidence in her partner yeah it was really great advice a solid advice that actually you know 
rather than saying, oh, look, you know, we've got to do it my way. How about like, you're so good. You're smashing this. You're doing a brilliant job. Why don't you show me different things? Really empower them at the beginning, which is the language that you and I use all the time. Yeah, it is. A lot of what she said made a lot of sense to me. Me too. No, absolutely loved it. I thought lots of takeaways from that chat. So I hope you enjoyed it as well. Absolutely. And as always, we would love you to rate, review, subscribe and give our podcast a little follow because then you'll never miss an episode. (laughs) Yeah. And if you've got any feedback on this podcast or like guests you'd like to hear from, then please do drop us a DM. We're on at Made By Mamas on Instagram and we'll be back on Friday. Made by Mamas is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.